Welcome to Section 420, Talking Yankees, the podcast. Well, happy 2024. Now, this is not technically the first Section 420 Talking Yankees episode of the year. Uh, drop that on YouTube. So after this, one, go to YouTube and share some interesting stats about this audio podcast. Uh, you know, it, from going into year one into year two. So a 92% audience growth. So thank you all again for all of you for jumping on the party wagon there. Uh, nearly 2,000 downloads and appears the number one listener, the number one downloader, uh, the Section 420 Talking Yankees groupie there comes out of Jupiter, Florida, so whoever you are, God bless you. Uh, thank you for listening and invite your friends and family and anyone around you. Knock on your neighbor's door, get them to listen as well. Appreciate all that support from everybody. Uh, and, uh, you know, if you're first time listening, if you just landed here somehow, you Googled something like uh, Volpe and you somehow ended up on this podcast website, well, hey, uh, follow, subscribe, like, and join the party. Uh, so the Yankees, you know, after falling short there on Yamamoto, of course, you know, still looking for a starting pitcher. Of course, the two names that, you know, seem more likely is either going to be Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery. And of the two, it just seems like Jordan Montgomery would make the most sense. Uh, you know, he would be the most cost effective in terms of, you know, price per year as well as the amount of years. I mean, Blake Snell, uh, of course, he's the better uh quality pitcher, has the bigger resumes, and he's just coming off a Cy Young Award, so, you know, this is really his chance to really cash in, so to speak, so he's going to kind of want a longer-term commitment, which I don't think the Yankees are going to look to invest in him. Yes, he is the better pitcher there, but he's going to probably command something over $200 million, and I just don't think the Yankees are looking to, you know, invest that type of money in him, especially after, look, last season they invested 160 into Carlson and Don't look how that's turning out so far there. Um, now, I don't think that would be the case with Blake Snell, but again, I still don't think looking to invest big money in him. Yeah, I'm a is a different story there. Yeah, I'm Obviously, he comes with all the, the the hype and the fanfare. Plus, he's only 25 years old. I mean, Blake Snell thrown a lot of innings in his young career, especially coming up through the Tampa Bay Rays system. You know what they do? They just beat the heck out of their young pitchers, and then once they have like a year or two left on their deal, then they they ship them out, get five more prospects, and out of those five, maybe two of them become something. Then they develop that young pitcher, and then they get five more prospects, and that's kind of how they keep churning out and having a good team with a payroll like under 20 million. Uh, but nevertheless, um, you know, you just look at the innings already on Snell's arm. I just don't think the Yankees are going to look to invest in him. Some like Jordan Montgomery just probably would make more sense. You know, develop himself to a good quality starting pitcher, but he's not going to command a long-term deal. You could probably get him on like a four-year deal. Even if you got to bump up his price per year a lot, I mean, if it's like 25 mil per year, uh, just 100 mil total, that's not terrible. I think it's reasonable. I think the Yankees might, even if they splurge a little bit on the guy, just because, well, you know, you know, you didn't spend that money on Yamamoto, so it's almost like you have a little bit of money to burn. And plus, hey, he's your guy. He came up through your system. You really didn't want to trade him, but you ended up doing it. Uh, maybe you want to reward him a little bit off some almost saying sorry for trading you in the first place so you know if, if this deal happens i would say it's montgomery again you look at about a four to five year deal around 100 million dollars again that's probably what the yankees would be willing to spend on a starting pitcher now you've also heard they could possibly trade for corbin burns from the brewers there but i just don't see it happening i mean he's entering his final years and it's gonna be an arbitration year but to get him you're gonna have to give up prospects and i just don't see cashman doing that he's already unloaded a lot of, from the yankee uh, medicine cabinet in order to get soto and verdugo um, for the amount of prospects you're going to have to unload to get a guy like uh, Corbin uh, Burns, who's also another former Cy Young Award winner. I just don't think the Yankees going to pay that price. So if they're going to get him, it's probably going to through, through free agency money, um, not not via trade, because the Yankees getting pretty much burnt out everything uh, in trades already. So I don't see that happening. And, you know, kind of read an interesting thing on social media yesterday that the Yankees really haven't spent any new, I guess, major league contract money on a free agent so far this season. When you kind of look back, yeah, it's kind of true. I mean, look at Cashman's moves. I mean, they've all been either trades or picking up guys off the waiver wire or if he has been given out contracts, they've all been pretty much minor league deals, uh, no really major league contracts there. So that's kind of how Cashman's been doing this season. It kind of makes sense because for the Yankees, not really a ton of money came off the books at the end of the 2023 
season. I mean, only thing I can th- really think of him is ICAF six million, and then uh, you know, Wandy Peralta's money. He was probably making about three or four million. Other than that, I mean, pretty much everyone's still in their deals, so not a ton of money came off the books. So you don't see them ex- spending a ton of new money. Um, now, obviously, my Yamamoto is a little different because that's a special talent, it's a special situation. But other than that, Yankee really haven't been spending much. So if they do get Montgomery, that'd be like that'd be like the big contract or the, the big money move for the Yankees to make during this offseason. Other than, again, other than that, uh, it's been all you know either trades or getting guys off the waiver wise. Um, and but just uh, you know, I guess semi related to the Yankees, but not related. Is this guy also want to mention too? You know, I guess since speaking of Jordan Montgomery, Harrison Bader, the former Yankees, signs a one year deal with the Mets. Now again, he was pretty much banged up for most of 2023 season for the Yankees. Actually arrived to the Yankees in a boot. Uh, so again, you know, staying healthy has been a major problem for him. But gets a one year deal from the Mets, uh, just uh, for ten and a half million dollars. A um, little bit of a head scratcher there, just because you know he, he was hurt so much for the Yankees, and again the Yankees ended up putting him on the waivers there, and he ended up getting picked up by the Reds, uh, and then again he really couldn't do much with them because he was hurt there as well. So Mets taking kind of a risk here, uh, but it's only a one year deal, uh, but worth ten and a half million dollars for a guy again who was hurt for the majority of last season. But of course you look at you know for him a center fielder who if he's on top of his game covers a lot of ground, could give you a Gold Glove caliber defense out in center fielders there. So and a chance you know that would be worth around ten million dollars. So that part isn't crazy, but again the. Guy Guy never stays healthy, and this is after the Mets also signed former Yankee uh, Luis Severino to a one-year deal for 13 million. So you have two players now for a total of 23 and a half million dollars who were pretty much banged up uh, for the 2023 season. And this is a Mets team who had a very poor 2023. I mean, Yankee fans want to complain about being 82 and 80s. Ask Mets fans, like three times worse what happened there last season. They also had a lot of injuries to deal with, and now you bring in two banged-up players as well. So. Yeah, you know, a little, little bit of weird move there, but again, each are a one-year deal, so not terrible if those both backfire on the Stevie Cohen and the Mets there. And of course, Mets fans will have a short leash uh, if two former Yankees, you know, either underperform or just hurt all the time. Again, Mets fans are going to have a short fuse with that one. But, but for Bader, you got to be happy for him. you got a local New York guy. I'm sure you'd rather pay for his Yankees, the team they grew up, you know, idolizing and had some time with. But of course, you know, I guess a close second would be Mets, so I guess he could still be quote-unquote home. Uh, but we'll see how that all works out here. But, but Bader, he's only 29 years old. So, uh, you know, if he has a good year next year, um, you know, and he stays healthy, then possibly he could get a longer-term deal at only 30 years old. He would still be young, uh, still at a point we could still cover a lot of ground center there. So then maybe at that point he could get his, you know, four- or five-year deal. But uh, he just got to stay healthy. That's always a problem for him. Now, getting back to the Yankees there, did mention a couple of moves. And, again, he's been kind of what Cashman's been doing this offseason so far. So one of them was signing Cody Petit, a pitcher, a one-year deal. Now, it's kind of a, a bit of a funky contract. For pitching in the minors, it's worth $200,000. But I believe if he makes the major league team, then it kicks up to $750,000. Uh, so, again, this is not exa- he still hasn't even spent really a million yet. So this, I guess, might technically be the, the most, I guess, money spent on a possible major league player this offseason as a free agent now you might know much about him uh hasn't pitched much lately so uh really made get made whatever uh noise he did in 21 in 2021 and 2022 with the marlins so combined according to joel sherman pitched a total of 58 and two-thirds innings um now nine of those were starts and 10 of those were relief appearances so here's someone who has experienced a starting and a reliever so this might be someone cashier might be considering uh for that fifth starter spot there or if that doesn't work out uh maybe be a middle reliever or a longer reliever a la you know, Clark Schmidt before, you know, the Yankees made him a starter. Now, if you look at his uh, numbers there, ERA, again, th- those two years with the, the, the Marlins, uh, 4.45. So you're not really impressed there, but probably what caught Cashman's eye uh, was his 21.5 strikeout ratio. So basically for every five batters, he strikes out one of them. 
Uh, so here's someone again, maybe if you lose them in a relief situation, they're relieved, maybe get out of a jam, you know, a la Michael King, you know, maybe got a run or two on, you don't want anybody to move up. That seems to be his motive there. So last season, uh, he was with the Royals. So after the 2020 season, he needed to be shut down or towards the end of 2020, he needed to be shut down with Tommy John surgery, was cut after that and spent most of the last season with the, in the Royals minor league system rehabbing and kind of same with the Yankees of Frankie Montas didn't pitch until uh, he made one appearance in AAA in September there. So really not much going on this 2023 season. So you kind of look back at his years with the Marlins, um, you know, why cash we wanted to bring him in here. So that was the first move. The second move was picking up outfielder Bubba Thompson off the waiver wires from the Cincinnati Reds. Now, when I first looked at the stats, hitting-wise, there's really nothing there, but I looked at him physically, six foot two, 197 pounds. So I was like, yeah, maybe this guy's a bit of a slugger, but he really hasn't found it yet. You know, maybe they figured they could tweak his swing or something like that. But actually, it's quite the opposite. They got him for his speed. In the Cincinnati Reds minor league system, he swiped 150 bags uh, with an 82.9% success ratio there. So for every 10 base stealing attempts, he's successful eight times out of 10 there. And kind of makes sense for the Yankees to bring a guy in like this in there. I mean, um, you know, with the metrics, they're like 27th in the league in speed. So that's kind of kind of dealing with stolen bases and going from first to third and second to home, or God forbid for the Yankees, uh, first to home, which I don't think anyone on this team could do. Maybe Volpe, that's about it. And you can look at his team, just get images of Stanton trying to run the bases or DJ trying to run the bases there, you know, and he kind of understand why you want to bring a guy like this in. And even something like Gleyber Torres, who's kind of a little bit, you know, sneaking, stealing bases in 2023, or even Volpe with his 20 stolen bases, but you don't look at either of those two with Ricky Henderson. Really, since the Yankees tried to cut ways with, uh, Tim LoCastro really haven't had that speed guy off the bag. You know, they used him brilliantly to start at the 2022 season. You know, basically Stan would walk, get on first base. You would pinch run Tim LoCastro, and he would basically steal second base, get put himself in scoring position, and then in a contact hitter like DJ LeMay will just send a little flare in, into the gap there, and he would easily score from second base. So Yankees kind of, kind of want to bring that back into their game. And, you know, it makes sense. You know, after the season ended, you know, Boom mentioned, getting with some of the meetings with Hal and, and Judge and all that. They want to get into a little bit small ball, get more into bunting, being active on the bases versus where for the home run, which is why, you know, this offense has just been, been pretty much stale over the past couple of seasons, especially in the playoffs there, see if they could generate more offense. So here's a guy, you know, get if he makes a team, you'll see him off the bench, you know, pinch runner, sorry for someone, probably like um, a Stanton or a DJ there, uh, who's getting a little slow there foot, or Trevino, who's not exactly a speed demon himself there as a catcher. Now he's an outfield, he can play some left field, which maybe the Yankees need when they first started their offseason, but of course they have a kind of a plethora of outfielders right now, but here's someone also maybe some late inning defense, or, you know, if someone tweaks their calf in batting practice, you can at least throw him out there you can be competent in left field there so that's the two moves from the Yankees so again nothing big there but we're still kind of waiting for them to sign a starting pitcher probably be Jordan Montgomery and again I would see like a four or five year deal around 100 million dollars if that happens but that remains to be seen uh, so that's the episode again thank you for all your fans for you know a very successful second season of the audio podcast of section 420 talking Yankees and maybe hopefully we have some bigger and great stats to share going into 2025 so again if you're not a subscriber already make sure you do that and of course you get the show also on YouTube the YouTube channel go there section 420 talking Yankees there and subscribe and we'll catch you next time mm-hmm.